Hey everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast, and together we're going to find our way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. Well, we are nearing the 100th and 160th episode, so I fig- thought to honor the 100th, <laughs> I cannot talk. 160th episode, I thought, I want to do a fun bonus episode. And I've decided I want to review Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue. This is an animated short that came out in 1990. It's only 30 minutes long. So, I'm reading off of IMDb. It says, many different cartoon stars like Bugs Bunny, the Muppet Babies, and Garfield join forces to convince a teenager that drugs aren't cool. Not not only do you get them, you also get Elf, and you get Elvin and the Chipmunks, Tigger and Winnie the Pooh. You get a lot of different characters from different cartoons, Saturday morning cartoons or cartoons in general, coming together to help solve a problem for one little girl. I believe her name is Corey, and her brother's name is Michael. So this has a 6.1 out of 10 rating based on 938 ratings. It was directed by Milton Gray, Marsh Lamore, Robert Shellhorn, Mike Spago. And Karen Peterson, who is a supervising director. Writers, Dwayne Poole, Tom Swale, and A.A. A. A. Milne? Is that how you say it? Or is it Milne? M-I-L-N-E. Oh, we got some uh, <laughs> reviews here. I bet there's a biz- Yeah, there's so many reviews here. Um... I might wait till after to do those. Let's see. Ooh, we got some connections. The Smurfs, Elvin and the Chipmunks, Muppet Babies, Bugs Bunny and Tweety Show, DuckTail, DuckTail. Oh, that's right. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Oh, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Elf Tales, Slimer, and the Real Ghostbusters, Garfield and Friends. Cartoon All-Stars Reanimate. Wait, what? Huh? What is this? This is a reanimated version of the Million Ways to Just Say to Say No song. Wizard of Oz, to- Elf, Toto. Something tells me we're not in cartoon territory anymore. Leave it to Beaver, Elf. Wally never did this sort of thing to the Beef. A Nightmare on Elm Street. Elf mentions Freddy Krueger. Okay, so a bunch of different things. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, we got some trivia. For a long time, it was reported that this special was never rerun because Garfield was used without the permission of his creator, Jim Davis. Garfield and Friends 1988 writer Mark Evanier stated that Davis approved of Garfield's appearance, but the special could only be shown for a limited time as part of the agreement. Mel Blanc died in 1989, shortly before production. This was the first time Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck were voiced by someone other than Blanc. Jeff Bergman voiced Bugs and Daffy in this production and several subsequent productions. The first scripted program to be simulcast on NBC, CBS, and ABC in the USA. This was George C. Scott's debut 
as a voice actor with the only other animated production he ever spoke in being the Rescuers Down Under. That's right, he made, played uh, McLeach, that poacher. When shown in Germany, cartoon all-stars to the rescue was shown once on every major broadcasting channel in a matter of days. Michelangelo is the only character in this special that doesn't appear on the poster or VHS cover art. Well, you know what? The VHS cover art is probably missing a lot of the cartoon characters. This was the second time that Tigger had been voiced by Jim Cummings instead of his original voice actor, Paul Winchell. After the episode King of the Beasties and the New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Cummings would later voice Tigger with the exceptions of a few season 3 episodes for the rest of the episodes that aired after this crossover. Let's see. Wang Film Productions Overseas Animation Studio had to complete the animation in only six weeks. Animation for a 22-minute TV production typically takes 12 to 16 weeks. Smurfette appears on the video cover art but does not appear in the special itself. Due to its limited airwaves, it was released on VHS one time only. Since then, there was never a VHS reissue. Not even DVD copies of this special were made. This special has since been abandoned, but guess what? I'm watching it via YouTube. Don't tell anybody. Oh, here we go. Wonderful Ways to Say No. It's a song that they play in this movie. All right. So, I am going to watch this wonderful film. Animated short, whatever you want to call it. We do get an introduction by, um... So, the movie has an opening with, um, Barbara Bush and George Bush Sr. Um, talking about the anti-drug movement. Just warning children that drugs are bad, to stay away from them, that a lot of people who get hooked on stuff have a hard time getting clean, and just, just, kids, just say no, kids. So it goes from a shot of the White House to a, to a animated house, and at first I'm like, are we going to Elvin and the Chipmunks? And then I'm like, no, their house was much bigger. So we peek in through the window. There's a little girl. I think her name is Corey. And she's sleeping next to her stuffed Winnie the Pooh. And then we cut over to the dresser that's by the door. She has a little pink piggy bank. And you see the door handle jiggling. And it opens a jar. You see a hand come out, grab the piggy, and dash out of the room. Of course, this causes... Corey to wake up under where her piggy bank went. Actually, I'm sorry, let me go back. No, it fl- after um, her brother closes the door after he gets her piggy bank, we flash to, uh, we cut down to the floor and there's a open comic book and it flips on its own a couple pages and then it zooms into the page itself and we see it's a Smurfs comic book. So Papa Smurf, dressed in a red pajama gown, Rubs his eyes like, I've been smurfing like a baby. Which means he's been sleeping by like a baby. He looks up. Because that view of that comic book sees into Corey's bedroom. Right away he's like, oh my goodness, great smurfs. Corey's piggy bank is gone. Well, he sees it well before um, she does. So I'm sure he's going to alert the other smurfs. Like, wake up, wake up, wake up, everybody. 
Corey's piggy bank is gone. I bet that's what's going to happen. Let's see. Well, I actually was right. Okay, because he rings that bell, alerting all the other Smurfs. And they he orders them to get a letter, because we got to wake up Corey. Because she has no idea that her piggy bank is gone. And I totally forgot that Smurfs just wear white pants and a white hat. They don't have shirts on. Like, oh, oh. well, except for when Papa Smurf is wearing his pajama top. So we cut to the dresser, and Elf, there's a photo of Elf. He pops out of the photo with a little magic dust that suddenly appears above him. He sees Garfield there, and Garfield is like, no, I don't want to help you. Can you imagine what it's like having a blue lamp attached to your spine? Yikes. So all the animal, all the, all the characters are all in Corey's bedroom, whether it's a photo frame, a comic book, uh, an alarm clock, which is what Kermit is. Winnie the Pooh's just a stuffed bear. And then Garfield is a, is a lamp. So in one way or another, all these characters are going to work together to achieve a goal. Of course, who wouldn't Garfield be without mentioning lasagna? Elf, of course, we know that Elf likes to eat cats. I don't think that's mentioned so it's not mentioned so far. Maybe it'll get a mention later. Um But Garfield unfortunately <laughs> excuse me gets that lamp ripped out of his spine because Elf is not gonna take no for an answer. Like, you don't get a choice, you are helping us. Help us find that piggy bank, Garfield. Or we're going to turn you into a telephone. He doesn't say that. I added that. Oh, Elf gets like, hey, you want to help or you want to be lunch? Okay, great. So he does mention that in a way. Like, yeah, he's Elf. He eats cats. And Garfield's like, oh, sure, sure. As he puts, uh, does a little salute. Like, I am at your service. I am ready. Whatever you need, I will help you do it. So we cut to another area of the room. We see by a record that Theodore and Simon pop their little heads out. Like, hey, should we help? I think we should help. Where's Alvin? They turn and look, and Alvin is sitting in a chair watching TV. How? They made it like a little sh uh, shanty shack or something out of um, these, um, these records, these LPs. I like how they got the Elvin and the Chipmunks theme playing while they're on the screen. That's cool. And they're like, hey, look, Elvin, somebody needs our help. And, of course, selfish Elvin is like, oh, great, let me guess, another autograph hound. They're like, let's go, Elvin, come on. So the Smurfs head over to the uh, Kermit alarm clock. They stand on each other, the three apples high. And, of course, then we cut back to the bed where Winnie the Pooh wakes up due to all this commotion. He thinks, oh, no, I'm not late for breakfast, am I? Like, no, no, we need you to get Kermit to wake up Cory. So, Winnie the Pooh, WP, WTP, manages to get the alarm to go off. And Cory wakes up, and she's a little disoriented, like, why? She's like, did I set the alarm? Why did I set the alarm to go off on a Saturday? And meanwhile, on the pillow, as Brainy Smurf is trying to grab his glasses quickly so Cory doesn't see him, then we see Slimer come out of the wall, and he's got this big, like, amount of food coming out of his hand that he shoves right into his mouth. 
I thought Glomer's voice sounded familiar. I think because it's done by Peter Welker. Is it Welker? You know who he sounds like? Glomer! Just like Glomer! At first, I'm like, that voice! I know that voice! It sounds like Glomer from the Punky Brewster cartoon. I don't think we'll be seeing him, though. <laughs> we won't be seeing Glomer or Punky or the cartoon versions of Alan, Margo, or Cherry. It stinks because, as we know, on the live version of Punky Brewster, she went through a problem similar to what Corey's brother Michael will be going through. Granted, Punky does not take any drugs, which we know of. So. But she would be a great person to help them say just... Help Corey say, just say no, and teach Michael to just say no. Slimer hit, uses a spotlight through his teeth to shine the empty spot on the dresser to show Corey, like, your piggy bank is missing. Now we cut out to the hallway where Elf and Garfield and I believe Elvin Simon and Theodore are heading towards Michael's room and we hear a crash, which means sounds like something's being broken. So, Elf and Garfield, Elvin, Simon, Theodore, they go into Michael's room, and I thought, at first from the drawers and something, I thought they were in the kitchen because Garfield is mentioning breakfast or food or something, but I, I see a bed, I'm like, no, okay, this is Michael's room. Then we see another door that has a light on, with a, uh, um, a door leading to a room that has a light on, and... Michael comes through it. He's got the piggy bank. He's It's broken open. And the silver change is just pouring out of it. And Michael's like, I bet there's $20 in here. And I'm like, in what? Quarters? You know how many quarters it would take to make 20 bucks? Uh, I worked in my head and on the calculator and I came to 80. There would have to be 80 quarters in there to reach 20 bucks. Which, it there could be. There might be. So now we cut to under the bed where Elf, Simon, Theodore, and Elvin, and Garfield are all under there. And poor Theodore's like, Corey's own brother is doing this to her? And Elf's like, you know, Wally would never have done this to the beeve. Like, thank you. Thank you, Elf. So Corey knocks on Michael's door. He yells at her to go away. And she's like, I'm just looking for my... As she opens the door, sees him on the bed with her broken decapitated piggy bank and all that change just spilled from that headless piggy bank to that bed and she's like my my piggy bank what are you doing with it and he's like oh i mean um it it fell like and you're what counting the change to make sure it's all there <laughs> I mean, come on, guy. How are you? You can't hide that you're actually going to steal her money. Okay, when she says, is that my ask, is that my piggy bank? He's like, hey, I told you to stay out of here. And he's like, uh, I mean, uh, it fell. I'm just trying to fix it. Like, no, you're not. No, you're not. And she goes over to him. And even Alvin's ticked off. Like, what in the heck, man? Even Corey has a roll-your-eyes moment here with her brother. Like, oh, it fell off my dresser and into your room, really? And then she sees this box that he's got. This metal container that you could probably, you know, put whatever in. She's like, what is that? And he's like, that's none of your business. Don't worry about it. As he shoves it under the bed. 
Now, Elvin and Simon and Theodore and the rest of the gang there are checking out what the contents are that are in that box. And we get a good view of it, too. Looks like some brown, rolled-up, weird-looking cigarette-type things, like uh, tobacco leaves or something. Um, and some brown wadded up thing with twine and some matches. But they're going to tell me, they're going to tell me what it is because I need someone to explain what this is because I have no idea. They look like, I thought marijuana was like, you know, things that you, you roll it, but it's like white paper. You know, that makes me think of the time when my dad would, um, he wanted to save money. He was always about saving money. And um, for a while, <laughs> he would actually roll his own cigarettes. He'd get the um, little um, contraption. One time he actually had me trying to roll the cigarette for him. Like, here, you just do this. You put it in here and you roll it and this and that. Finally, he's like, all right, let me do it. Because I had no idea. I mean, watching him do it, like, well, it looks simple enough, but... <laughs> and these things were so flimsy watching him light one as it starts to tear in the middle and you can see like bits of tobacco sticking out of it I like Elvin's response here Theodore's like what is all this and El or Elvin's like well it looks like either someone is conducting a really bad chemistry experiment or someone's about to Commit a very big no-no. Theater uh, kind of comments on the smell. Like, what is that? And Simon's like, well, based on my deductions here, I think it smells like marijuana. Like, wow, you would never see those kids. I don't even think Elvin and the Chipmunks, they never did anything about drugs, did they? I remember there's an episode of Elvin and the Chipmunks where Mr. T visited there might have been a drugs episode of Elvin and the Chipmunks in the 80s. I wouldn't be surprised if there was. I'm sure there was a... I mean, Mr. T had to show up for a reason, so I think it might have been bullies. Now we go out from under the bed, and we see Corey chastising her brother, saying, You look really weird. What's going on with you? And Michael is, like, really stressed out. He's got his head in his hands, like he's suffering from the biggest migraine of his life. Or he's suffering from... Marijuana withdrawals. I don't know. Dang, Corey, you're playing 20 questions here, sweetie. <laughs> As uh, she's like, wow, if you really needed money, you could have just asked me. Are you sure you're feeling okay? Because you look really not great. We cut to the doorway as the Smurfs pop their heads in, kind of over seeing what's going on here. Okay, I'm guessing Michael's, what, 12? 13, maybe? But she's like, what's wrong with you? And... Michael lifts up his head and like, what? Oh, oh my god! I thought he was 13, not 47. He looks like, his face looks like it aged 20 plus years. It's freaky looking. Ugh. Remember there's an episode of Seinfeld where Kramer was smoking a bunch of cigarettes and his skin got really dark and like, really overly tan and, like, leathery, almost like he, like, aged, like, 30 years. Like, is that, is that, like, saying, like, doing that stuff, like, makes your face, like, 
get wrinkly and stuff. Oh, I think, yeah, I see. Okay, I get it. It's probably emphasizing, like, the bags under Michael's eyes, which it's not like they're, he's got dark shadows under his eyes yet. He might later, but I'm like, whoa. <laughs> uh, well, that's, it's, it's a scare tactic. It's supposed to scare kids into not doing drugs. And to recognize the signs if you have an older sibling that is messing with this stuff. So she's like, what's wrong with your eyes? And he quickly grabs a pair of sunglasses off of Garfield's face. He's like, nothing. My eyes are fine. Leave me alone. Get out of here. Okay, how old is Corey supposed to be? What? Six? Eight years old? And, um, he might, or Michael leaves the bedroom Hands stuffed in his pockets, glasses on. He's probably suffering from. Well, he's probably hiding the fact that his eyes are all either dilated or all messed up. I don't know. Um, the thing about cartoon houses, I realized, the hallways go on forever. And she says to Corey, says to Michael, like, "What's wrong with you? We used to tell each other everything." Well, yeah, maybe when he was like. 10 and you were like 6 or something like that. So, looks like Michael made his way through the kitchen because we hear his mom say, Michael, where are you going? And we hear a door shut. So he's out the door. He's probably he's got his $20 in quarters. He's probably gonna go hook up, get some stuff. Because he's like, ah, I'm suffering such a downer. I need an upper or I need Something to help me mellow out. Life's too stressful because I'm only 13 and I got loads of homework and, and girl problems and acne and I, I have BO and stuff like that. You know, teenager stuff. Alright, so the cartoon characters all gather in Corey's room as Elf kind of briefs them. As they see from the window, Michael is just walking off down the road. And Elf says, well, that kid's got a ticket to Nowheresville. And then Theodore chimes in with, well, Simon suggests that he's doing drugs. So basically it's up to them to try to help Michael by, you know, help Corey by helping getting Michael the help he needs or getting him clean or telling someone that he's got a problem because he's not going to tell Corey about it. So Alvin's like, alright, we gotta help Michael. They all, like, jump slash parachute outside the window, except for, um, Winnie the Pooh. WTP. He's gonna stay back. He's gonna watch the home front, take care of Corey, make sure, you know, he's, he's gonna help himself to whatever's in the fridge when the parents and Corey aren't looking. It's like, I haven't had breakfast yet. I can't do anything until I have my breakfast. So, the cartoon characters, they all chase after Michael. We cut to the video arcade, and someone's asking Michael, like, where do you get all this from? And Michael's like, what? Doesn't matter. I got it, didn't I? And at first, I'm like, is he smoking a joint or a cigarette? And you're smoking it where there could be any type of adult there that's running that video arcade and would kick you out. Even smoking a cigarette. It's like you're 13 years old. You don't need to be smoking cigarettes. No wonder his skin looks all wrinkly and he looks like he aged 20 years. So we get this cloud of smoke that's in the- it's got yellow eyes. It looks like he's wearing a suit. He's completely gray, except for his yellow eyes. He's like, that's the stuff, Michael, keep toking that cigarette or that joint or whatever it is that he's got in his mouth. And this red-haired guy who looks like he's from Archie and the Jughead gang. 
is like, oh, that's cool and all, but check out this. What is, it's like bits of white cracked hard candy stuff that is probably what is that is that the crack stuff or the crystal meth or what I don't know my drugs and it's just as well that I don't when Michael is smoking a cigarette he couldn't look more depressed he's not like hey look at me I'm smoking a cigarette it's like oh, eighth grade am I right oh that math test was such a killer oh my gosh Cindy didn't say hey to me oh no but taking a drink and the cigarette were so help me feel better. I mean, heck, he looks more depressed than when he took that money from, from um, Corey. Granted, he didn't have any regrets or any qualms about it whatsoever. Like, I'm taking this. You can watch. We got an assortment of characters here. We got a girl, a blonde-haired girl with a hot pink shirt, a mini skirt, and a beret. And then we got an African-American teen that is in a tank top. We got a brunette kid who's got a little squiggly hair thing running down so it's either a mini mullet or a rat tail. So this crack glass whatever's in that kid, that redheaded kid's hand, is like, hey, you gotta try this. It's so good. It sure beats that cigarette that you're smoking. If you want to get high, you gotta try this stuff. And Mr. Smoke Monster Slick suit here. It's like, yes, Mikey, you gotta try it. You gotta try this. Oh my gosh, that's so great. So this smoke vape guy, this gray smoke cloud whatever, is this in his mind? Like, his conscience is just keep pushing and pushing and pushing him? Because I'm like, he can't see that cloud of smoke that's got yellow eyes and it's like whispering in his ear, so that's gotta be his conscience. But if he's supposed to be the devil, then where's the angel on the other shoulder supposed to tell him, like, No, Michael, what you're doing is wrong. You hurt your sister. You should go back and apologize and pay her back that 20 bucks. Apparently, uh, there is a raid because you hear a siren and the kids all get the heck out of that arcade. Well, somebody, uh, a manager of that arcade probably saw you and called the cops, like, we got teenagers dealing drugs. We got impressionable children playing video games. This needs to be a safe space where a child can come and not be pressured to try drugs. What seedy part of town that he's in that there is a brick wall that has barbed wire on it? Oh my god. It just looks like a rundown. He's in the rundown part of the crap city. That's got an arcade. Just happens to have an arcade there. I mean, I thought he lived in a nice neighborhood. Like, what happened? <laughs> we just saw the house, and we saw the house across the street from it. Looked like a nice suburban neighborhood. Of course, if he's going to do these drugs, he's got to go to the next town over where nobody knows him. And he won't be seen by any money, anybody where that would get reported to his parents. The only one that even knows he's even doing anything... And that's a major speculation is Corey. That is it. She hasn't seen him do the drugs. She doesn't know he has the drugs. He only, she only saw him put that container a pair that's holding the paraphernalia under his bed. So Michael's backed against a wall and Mr. Smoke Vape Guy is, he's out of there. It's like, I can't stick around for this. You're on your own. Goodbye. So... Then he, Michael does see him. He's like, hey, where are you going? Like, sorry, this is too much for me. I gotta, I gotta bounce. Bye. 
and we see the shadow of a cop. So we, so we still see this shadow coming along the wall, walking towards Michael. And Michael's like, it was my first time. Honest, I'll never do it again. And who would show us up but Officer Bugs Bunny? Like, what's up, Doc? So Michael's like, hey, you're not a cop. And Bugs takes his hat off and flings it in later. Like, of course not. No, I'm a rabbit. Then he bends down and sees and picks up, ouch, a joint. Like, what is this, a joint? And the vape cloud comes over to Bugs and is like, hey, Michael, you were running from a rabbit? Really? He's a cartoon. And Bugs is like, uh, speak for yourself. So Bugs decides to give this kid the third degree. Like, hey, how'd you get started in this garbage? Why'd you start? And Michael isn't talking. He's like, hey, I started because I wanted to, okay? It's none of your business. Like, oh, give me a break, kid. Your life is so dang tough. You live in a nice house in a nice neighborhood. Your parents sound like they care about you because your mom actually asks, where are you going, Michael, when you walk out the door? If she didn't care, she wouldn't have asked. Your sister kept asking, how are you, Michael? What's going on with you? What's wrong with your eyeballs? If she didn't care about you, she wouldn't have bothered. She would have said, here, take my piggy bank. Take the money inside of it. You got bigger problems. Take that money and get the help you need, Michael. So, Michael's got his own theme music. This tough guy ain't talking to nobody. I'm not telling you nothing type. As he starts walking off, Bugs grabs him by the back of the shirt, pulls him back, He's and Bugs is like, hey, if you're giving me the whole I, I did it because I wanted to routine, then you need a refresher. Bugs pushes a button on this doohickey, and I guess we're getting a flashback as to when Michael started doing this, which I'm guessing he did it to impress people or make friends and stuff. I thought that voice sounded a little familiar. Jason Marsden of, you know, Max Goof from a Goofy movie. He does the voice of Michael. Lindsay Parker does the voice of Corey. And of course, George C. Scott, who I said voiced McLeach from Rescuers Down Under. I'm like, yeah, the voice does sound familiar. We cut, um... Bugs creates this big, if it were Doctor Who, it would be a phone booth. Um, he pulls Michael inside. We then cut to the trash can where Smoke Vape Guy gets out. He's like, no, I want to be included in, the, in this. Then we cut to back to the house where Michael's dad goes in the fridge says, huh, there's a couple beers missing. Of course... His wife is doing dishes and says, Oh, honey, you know what? You probably drank them while you are watching the game last night. I'm sure the dad is going to shrug his shoulders like, You know what? I think I did drink those two beers. Huh, whatever. You know what? I'm going to have a beer now. Oh, she says, Who else would take them? Oh, I like how these beers are in a wooden crate. <laughs> they pulls out of the fridge. <laughs> they didn't have cardboard. Or they didn't have the, um... The, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, those, you know, the plastic rings that connect like a six pack together. Oh, okay. The girl who did, um, the voice of Corey played Carrie in Flowers in the Attic. Okay, so she was one half of the, those twins. So, 
the dad is like, you know, honey, um, I'm just going to go out and clean out the garage. Just tell me when lunch is ready. So the mother approaches Corey, who's sitting at the table with Winnie the Pooh. And she asks, Corey, is Michael okay? I mean, you can tell us if something's wrong. I mean, and I'm thinking, why don't you go to Michael? Why are you interrogating the daughter? Like, it's her responsibility to keep an eye on her brother, who's like four years older than her. She, yeah, she says, like, is your brother... Is there something wrong with him? Because he's acting really strange lately. You know, um, if there's something wrong, we'd like to help. You know we love you both. What does loving them both mean? What What does that have to do with this? I'm confused. Uh, right where I paused it, Corey gets this look almost like she's like, yeah, I almost believe you. I almost believe that you love both of us equally. So Corey just lies, like, I don't think so, Mom. I, 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 I don't. He's fine, I'm sure. And she's like, oh, thank you, honey, for telling me that. Now I can go on with my day. I don't have to worry about it anymore. And poor Corey. I mean, she's telling this lie. She's keeping this secret. She loves her brother. She doesn't want to see him get into trouble. But you can tell that this is really bothering her, the way that she puts her, her chin in her hand, like, oh. Michael, why are you doing this? You're putting so much pressure on me. When he, after Corey's mother walks away, Pooh actually reveals himself to Corey. Like, why didn't you tell her, Corey? And Corey, of course, the right reaction she has is like, what, Pooh? What? Huh? You can talk? Oh my gosh. So she's like, oh, you can talk? He's like, yeah. But she's like, well, you never talked before. And he's like, well... I would think in a way he he probably would have said like, oh, I never needed a reason to until now. But he's like, no, I always talked. You just never heard me. I, um, she he says, why didn't you tell your mom about Michael? So I think it's not so much the fact that he'd get into trouble, but the fact that he would bl Michael would blame her for his getting in trouble by calling her like a squealer, like you should have kept your mouth shut, Corey. So back to the time machine, Bugs puts in some quadrants, and off they are to two years? Two years! This guy's been doing this stuff for two years? How is he still alive? Oh my gosh. And if he's just smoking cigarettes and marijuana in two years, I don't think that's going to kill him, but who knows. I mean, somebody could have given him a bad batch of marijuana and put, like, rat poison in it or something like that. So this flashback is in black and white as Michael asks Bugs, like, where, where's the color? And Bugs is like, this is a flashback. It's in black and white. Just deal with it, okay? Because we see a young Michael who looks probably the age of what Corey is now playing Frisbee with some friends. So they're in a park. I'm guessing that he's going to... Be approached. Michael's going to be approached by some older kids saying, do these drugs, they'll make you feel good about yourself, and all these other lies that older kids tell younger kids to get them hooked on drugs. I gotta say, Michael needs a haircut now compared to his, two, his previous two years earlier self. Michael wanders around the corner of a building sees three high schoolers smoking cigarettes. I love Michael's line. Are you two, are you guys cruising for lung cancer? And I'm like, so you went from this kid to two years later being the, the person that you're verbally attacking now.
What? Honestly? Seriously? So I'm guessing they hook him up with a cigarette. He takes a few puffs, actually inhales, and he's hooked? I did do admit, I did try cigarettes, and I didn't get hooked. I was 17, 18, and a pack of cigarettes usually lasted me quite a while, but I don't think I ever truly inhaled. It was just a suck on the cigarette, blow out the smoke. Suck on it, blow out the smoke. And it wasn't like a taking it deep into my lungs type of thing either, so... But, you know, my dad smoked all the time. There were times where he actually would quit, and then eventually, you know, he went to um, chewing tobacco. But I think over time, it's just, you can tell that it smells, but I think over time, it's almost like, I guess your nose gets used to it, where it's like, you can't tell that your clothes probably smell like smoke. Like, sometimes there are people, like when I'm at my job, and there are people that, you know, there's smokers there, and their clothes, like, reek so bad that you can't even stand anywhere near them, or you, like, have to, like, put distance between yourself and this other person when you're walking past them. Oh, they're not smoking cigs. They're smoking the marijuana. He's like, oh, we're not smoking cigarettes. We're getting high. We're smoking grass. Like, this guy looks like a clean-cut version of somebody out of a 1950s Happy Days show. Why do they all have... Oh! Michael's got an M on his shirt. That stands for Michael and whoever this older guy is. He's got a T on his shirt. But he's doing the, I got like a collar sticking out underneath of the sweater. Those are the same kids. That girl minus the beret. That one African American teen is still sporting a tank top. But this other dude, is that the carrot top kid? Who we'll see later with like a, a leather jacket or something like that? Because he's got a, you know, clean cut hair and everything like that. I don't think that's the same kid, because even in this black and white flashback, that kid looks like he's got, like, he's a brunette. And they're taunting Michael, saying, oh, what are you, scared? <sighs> Take a hit. So Michael's reasons for doing it is because he didn't want these older kids that he, like, just met to think he's a wimp. Are you kidding me? And even Bugs is like, you know that saying about if everyone was jumping off a bridge that you would, would you do it too? Who hasn't heard that saying? And Michael's like, hey, these guys are my friends. And I'm thinking, what friends? You just met them two years ago. And the only reason they want to even hang out with you is because you're doing drugs just like them. If you weren't doing the drugs, if you had turned away, they would want nothing to do with you. Bugs is really giving Michael the business. He's like, what is wrong with you? Why are you doing this? Everyone wants everything, but that doesn't mean that they're going to get it. Basically telling Michael that his reasons for smoking this weed and staying friends with these losers is just stupid. In a way, Michael has to think for himself. He's making choices based on what other people will think. Like someone else's perception of you is more important than what you think of yourself. Back to the house, Corey goes to see her dad, says uh, Michael's being weird, and her father who's lifting I don't know what in a box... It's like, 
Corey, being weird is just part of being a teenager. Lighten up on your brother. There's nothing wrong with him. Ugh, these parents are in denial. Well, at least the mother is concerned, but she just took Corey at her word. Like, oh, you say he's fine? He's fine? All right, fine. I won't ask any more questions. But then the father is just like, oh, Corey, you'll get there one day when you're a teenager. And your weirdness happens. Stop being so judgmental. Being a teenager is difficult. Uh, her dad's like, don't worry, Michael will grow out of it. And Corey's like, I think it's more than that. The dad finally puts that box down, comes over to Corey, puts an arm around her shoulder, like, huh? And she's like, oh, never mind. It's like, oh, now you want to be a parent and actually listen to your daughter who's saying that there's something going on with her brother? Why would she make that up? That girl's got better things to do with her time than make up crap about her brother doing drugs. But she hasn't even mentioned that to them. Just saying that he's acting weird. Weird could be a number of things. I act weird and goofy. Doesn't mean I'm on drugs. I'm just unique. Special in my own way. Corey just walks away from her father like, you know what, I, I, I don't want to waste my time explaining this to you if you're just going to shrug it off like it's nothing. If Michael ends up dead in a gutter, I'll be putting that blame on you, daddy. I tried. You wouldn't listen. You chalked up weirdness to being a teenager. She leaves her dad walking away. He's standing there with a head to the, a hand to the back of his head just shaking his head like, uh, I don't know. What? What's wrong with Michael? Okay, I guess it's fine. I'm not going to question anything else. I'll just go back to cleaning out the garage. It looks pretty clean to me. What was he? He was just moving a box. Now we're in the park and this is present day now because it's in color and that girl is back with a, instead of a beret, I think it's a blossom hat. And we got the um, African-American boy in a tank. He's just lounging on that wooden park bench just... Without a care in the world, just smoking freely in public, that marijuana stick. No cops around uh, to catch him. Catch those kids like, what are you doing? So the blonde blossom hat wearing girl is like, hey, for ten bucks I can score some crack. Like, okay. This was a 19... I don't know the prices of drugs. I don't want to know the prices of drugs. But apparently $10, that girl looks like she spends money on clothes. Would she want to spend $10 on crack just to get a momentary high that only lasts for a moment and then leaves you fuzzy-brained after and sleeping off a hangover? Maybe blacking out? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. She just looks like she wants to, she should just buy more blossom hats and more berets and more dangly earrings whole shoebox full of them just like that old lady and that old man in home alone she's got her own earrings dangly ones a whole shoebox full of them so this smoke guy also talks to the blonde girl too because apparently she's looking at him like he's talking right next to her encouraging her yes ten dollars great go get that crack we'll do it together all four of us Smoke guy's gonna do it too. He's smoking a little pipe. A little wooden pipe. Oh no, she doesn't got money. She's like, Michael, you got money. You go get it. You still got that 20 bucks you stole from your sister, right? I can see that bulge in your pockets. It looks like you got 20 bucks and quarters on you. 
smoking. He's like, wow, crack, that's serious stuff. I'm like, yeah, marijuana's fine. No qualms about that. But crack, heck no, that's serious stuff. And they're just really like, come on, Michael, seriously. We want to do the stuff that that Archie kid had in his hand. That crack stuff. So, uh, Tank wearing teen is like, hey, Michael, you're not going to chicken out on us. And then, uh, Smoke guy there is like, hey, what are you, a baby? As Michael turns away, starts to walk away. And the Smoke guy reaches into the back of Michael's pocket. And I'm like, did he just pull out a cell phone? This is 1990, not 2019. It's not a cell phone. What is that, a black book? That's a wallet? It looks like a large billfold that you would put all your credit cards into. I mean, a wallet is pretty, it's like half the size of whatever the heck that thing is. Let me guess, he took all those quarters, exchanged them for bills, and that's what he's got in that giant billfold. So blonde girl takes his wallet, runs off, Michael's chasing her, and of course we see the sewer grate pop open and... The Ninja Turtles are like, what's going on here? We got a situation we need to solve. Michael falls into the sewer and the water is like a neon pink and neon orange combo. And it's like, what is that? Michael, of course, be, uh, <laughs> Michelangelo berates Michael saying, you're not thinking with your head. What's wrong with you? I heard about how you treated your sister. You really need to rethink your choices. And Michael gets into a roller coaster cart with uh, Miss Little Piggy, uh, Miss Piggy, and Kermit, the baby Muppets, the Muppet babies. And Michael's like, where am I? I thought it was like his lungs or something, but Kermit's like, no, you're going to take a trip through the human brain to see what drugs do to your brain. So they take him on a roller coaster ride. You see the little, was it, neurons like sparking and stuff like that. And he's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And now he, Michael realizes that they are actually inside of him. Just like that Magic School Bus episode where they all take a trip into Ralphie's body when he has a cold. So at first he was doing great on that skateboard after smoking a, a, a joint. And he's all stumbling, bumbling. I'm surprised he's still on that skateboard. And you see stuff falling from inside Michael's brain. And you see an exit door. He's trying to get the door open and it's not budging. So now we're in the park. Michael's flat on his back saying, what's happening to me? We see Huey, Dewey, and Louie come up to him. And Michael's like, oh man, I gotta get off these drugs. Now I'm saying ducks? And Huey, Dewey, or Louie, I can't remember which one's which, even though I just watched all of DuckTales back in, like, January or February. Maybe it was last winter, last fall. Anyway, they're like, drugs? What's wrong with you? Why would you do that? So now they all sing the song, there's a bazillion ways to say no to drugs. Now we cut to Michael's bedroom where he wakes up in a cold sweat like this has all been a dream. So, Michael shakes it off, the bad dream, the cold sweat, reaches underneath his bed, pulls out his marijuana paraphernalia, looks while well, he's looking at it, and the smoke guy comes out of it saying, hey, are we alone? Corey comes into the room carrying Winnie the Pooh, Pooh Bear, and says, P and Michael gets angry, like, I thought I told you to stay out of my room! And... She She's like, but Pooh Bear wants to know what's going on with you, Michael. And Michael's like, well, Pooh Bear can mind his own freaking business. All right. 
for me to know and him to not know. That goes for you too, Corey. He tells her again to get out of there, like, pointing to the door, like, get out! And he grabs her arm forcefully, like, if you ever tell mom and dad, I will break your arm. No, he doesn't threaten to break her arm. He's like, if you ever tell mom and dad. And she's like, ow, you're hurting me. And he flings her. She doesn't hit the wall, but she's pretty close to it when he flings her back. Wow, all of a sudden that snaps Michael into, oh, I'm sorry. I went too far. I didn't mean to grab you like that. Corey, of course, leaves, slamming the door behind her, and we see tears erupt out of Michael's eyes. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. What's wrong with me? Of course, the smoke guy comes out from under the bed and says, Hey, we don't need her. She's a brat. Let's get going with the smoke in the joint and everything like that, alright? Time's a-wasting. So now Michael's conflicted. Like, should I do the, the, the joint? Should I smoke it? And smoke guy is not helping. He's like, just do it. Just smoke it already. And Cor- uh, Michael flips open the top of the, the, the lid, sees Elf's, his face morphing into Elf, Elf grabs Michael, pulls him into the box, which, of course, cartoon magic. So Elf takes him, uh, Michael into a fun house with all these mirrors. Like, hey, I look great, as Michael looks at his reflection. Elf blows a whistle, says, here, let me flip this mirror around. And you can see how you really look, or will look, if you continue to do these drugs. Oh my god, Michael's reflection just looks really green and his cheeks are sunken in and he's got a billion wrinkles on his face. Michael's freaked out like, whoa, who is that? And Elf's like, who do you think it is? It's you. Like two more years of what you're doing and that's going to be your face that you're going to be looking at in the mirror when you wake up in the morning. I'm surprised they didn't make his gums like bleeding and his teeth falling out and everything. That would have been even more realistic. But then again, it's a kid's cartoon, so <laughs> they only want to scare the kids into not doing drugs. They don't want to scare them into having nightmares for the rest of their lives. And Michael's like, hey, I can quit if I want to, alright? It's like, is it really that simple? Is it really that easy, Michael? You've been doing this for two years now. You could have quit any of those times and you chose not to quit. I think the drugs have got more of a handle on you than you've got on them. We can do a quick flashback to the house. Corey's got Michael's marijuana paraphernalia. And the smoke man grabbed Pooh Bear for um, ransom or something, I'm guessing. And Michael's still... It's a weird carnival setup here. And Michael's like in his body or something. And there's a river and a raft and everything and then Michael ducks into this tent that has Daffy Duck and I'm sure he's gonna read um Michael's fortune like here's your tombstone Michael this will be you in five years if you don't stop you are going to die the smoke man is trying to get Cory to take this stuff like hey your brother does it you should do it too and Cory actually thinks for a second if I do what Michael does we can be friends like uh, no Cory that's not how that works if you do that stuff too, he's going to feel guilty and you and probably still not want anything to do with you. So, Michael's shown a glimpse of his future. He's convulsing on what looks like um 
it's supposed to, it's not a coffin, but it's on a platform or something, and his face is all gaunt, and his cheeks are sunken in, his face is green, and Michael's like, this is my future, and Daffy's like, yeah, it will be if you don't stop doing these drugs, it will be. So now, Michael, it's a race against the clock, as he sees Corey holding that box of paraphernalia, and she's getting ready to, like, go through it, and he opens the door from the closet, goes into the room, knocks the box out of Corey's hand and says, Don't you ever, ever do those drugs! Look what they've done to me! It'll happen to you too! So Corey's like, yeah, but you did it, Michael! And Michael's like, yeah, I was dumb. I was wrong. I was a dope. I've learned my lesson. Don't do these drugs! So Corey's like, Michael, please stop doing the drugs. He's like, I don't think I can, Corey. She's like, well, then talk to mom and dad. They'll listen to you. And we got Smoke Guy over there with his claws on Michael's shoulders. Like, hey, buddy, it's you and me. We're going to keep doing these drugs. Don't listen to your sister. Michael, of course, grabs Smoke Guy by the tail, swings him around, throws him out the window, and Smoke Guy lands in a dumpster. So Michael opens the cabinet, lets Pooh free, and Pooh jumps onto the dresser that's got a poster of all the cartoons all meshed into one poster. He's like, I'm taking my spot. My work here, our work here is done. Thank you and goodbye. So this cartoon short ends with Michael putting his arm around Corey saying, hey, let's go talk to mom and dad. And then the credits come up and that is it. I'm going to read some YouTube comments because I think some of these are funny. Okay, here's one comment from four years ago. All right, marijuana is one thing, but I'm almost certain that this kid is on acid. If this kid is seen living cartoons, he is already past the point of no return and has permanent brain damage. Elf threatening to eat Garfield is actually pretty clever. Thanks to Dare, I learned that doing drugs led to my favorite cartoon characters coming to talk to me. I actually, I did take um, the Dare pledge when I was in fifth grade. I had the t-shirts. I was in a D.A.R.E. concert where we got to play recorders. This person says, the first time I saw this, I was like, how did the chipmunks know about marijuana? Marijuana, an awful substance used to experience an artificial high. Thanks, Simon, for that oh-so-enlightening explanation. Yeah, you know you're into some hardcore stuff when cartoons come to the rescue. This other person said, how ironic is it that this was sponsored by McDonald's? How high do you have to be not to even react to Bugs Bunny finding your joint? Winnie the Pooh made this all worth it. So that is the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I had fun covering this. I haven't watched this in a very long time. So, all right. Have a great week, everybody.